0: as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to our viewers, uh, jazaakum allahu khayrah, and especially I would like to introduce our uh, guest scholar for this week, Mufti Abdu'l-Mannan, hafidhahullah. Uh, Mufti Abdu'l-Mannan is a graduate of Darul Ulum al Madaniyah uh, way back uh, before I even started. Uh, well, the year I started was the year he was actually uh, graduating, and, and I had the honor of uh, sitting in one of his classes as well, uh, for a short-lived time. But Alhamdulillah, we were able to benefit from Mufti Abdu'l-Mannan. And right currently, Mufti Abdu'l-Mannan is an imam as well as a teacher uh, in the Toronto area. He is a teacher of one of the six uh, sahah of al tirmidhi MashaAllah, Mufti abdul Manan is very well qualified and he is very well involved in the youth and in the community, MashaAllah. So without any further ado, Mufti Abdu'l-Mannan, inshaAllah, uh, the floor is yours. JazakAllah khair
1: Mufti Sahab, yourself, mashallah. Um It's an honor to be here, inshallah, um, and jazakumullah khair for uh, making me part of this beautiful effort, inshallah. And uh, we wish the brothers and sisters, the whole team at Burhan Institute, inshallah, well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, grant you success and prosperity. Alhamdulillah <clears> Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ijma'een, amma ba uh, we're covering one of the hadith of the forty collections, uh, forty hadith collection of Imam al rahimahullah Taala, and this is probably hadith number eight, I believe, where the Prophet says, sijinul mu'min wa kafir. <clears throat> This is a very beautiful hadith actually, and uh, when uh, Sheikh Ahmed asked me to, um, you know, pick a hadith out of the forty it was quite a task it was quite kind of overwhelming in the sense that what do you choose what do you select uh so i, I quickly perused the book went through the book and um uh, i found this hadith i finally settled on hadith number eight which is also on the event poster um and we'll get into that really quickly and um i feel this is a very very important hadith uh especially for our time it's a very important hadith for our youth um especially because a lot of problems that we experience and personally or uh, uh, discussing with our youth or with other community members is sometimes you know through when you compare especially living in the West when you uh, see other communities um, other people your classmates who are not Muslim uh, your co-workers and society at large you see that uh, it's kind of like a free society right um, there is a libertine society, called a secular liberal society. Um, and at first, it may, may, may seem uh, very appealing uh, when you contrast it to your own deen, your own uh, tradition, where we hear a lot of, you know, uh, y- y- our brothers and sisters would say, without giving much thought, but it's just a thought that comes up that, you know, Islam is so hard. Um, there are so many restrictions, uh, you know. This is haram. This is haram. This is haram. Right. So we we commonly hear that as as imams, as friends, as as perhaps even parents, and or maybe one of us feels like that occasionally. Um, and this is why this hadith is so crucial for us, where the Prophet in his beautiful manner, uh, his concise manner, where the Prophet was able to, as he says, jawami al that out of the gifts Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given me, one of those gifts is. Jawami kalim One of the specialties and uh, exclusive traits that the Prophet was endowed with was this very gift of Jawami kalim which means, uh, more or less, being able to convey volumes of meaning in very short, terse uh, speech. Very few words. Um, you know, his his words were very, very comprehensive. Um, and here we have a be- beautiful, beautiful. Um, example of that, where the Prophet says, "Ad dunya mumin The world is the believer's sijin. Now, I, I, before going to translation and the dis- disbelievers' paradise, let's look at the words, and I want you to just focus on the Arabic words: ad dunya, sijin al-mu'min, wa al-kafir. Now, dunya uh, is the is term we, we use in Islam, the Quran and Hadith, which refers to this worldly life, the immediate. Uh, the immediate world, the immediate uh, existence, which we are now, the earthly existence. Sijin is an Arabic word which refers to a prison or what you call um, uh, a dungeon, Sijin, right? Sayyidina Yusuf Salam uh, makes reference to this in of Yusuf, Rabbi Sijinu wa Sijina, right? So the word Sijin is mentioned, refers to a cell, a prison, a dungeon, right? A, a place where typically your freedoms are taken away from you where you're kind of either uh, incarcerated or you're kind of handcuffed or chained, right? Which which uh, demonstrates that you don't have movement, you have restrictions placed upon you, Al-Qaid, right? Um, and Sijin Al-Mu'min. A lot of times we say mu'min, believer, believer, which is an accurate translation. But the word mu'min, if you dig a little deeper, it, it stems from security and peace, right? Safety, right? Iman, same, similar meaning. It's, in other words, be, such a belief which renders one safe or protects one in the afterlife or or in the long term, right? So this is what Iman is. So the, the, the dunya is the prison or, let's say, the cell of the al-mu'min, right? The one who, because when we see these terms, when we throw around, um, you know, a believer, we kind of lose what what uh, the shari' connotation, what Allah Subhanahu wa Taala intended, what Rasulullah also intended. Although the meaning is not far, but it's an it adds a layer and depth to uh, the meaning of iman that you are consciously submitting and believing. You're in, taking in this idea and this akhir, this reality, this haqiqa, um because there is a there's a payout. There's a there's a uh, there's a reward, and that is. Uh, safety complete safety and security in this world and the afterlife right in the sense that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you salvation What what is this dunya for the non-mu'min or in the hadith terms the kafir the rejecter or the one who denies right the kafir the disbeliever it's his or her jannah it's their paradise right so before i get into this i just want to just kind of explain this you know, sometimes, as as I mentioned earlier, is that a lot of times we feel that you know Islam is restrictive, and that's to, to a certain extent that, that there is truth to that, right? Um, and we so now, if you if you leave Islam nahlubila or or put Islam on the side, what's the alternative? What's what do we take in its instead, right? And this is where you have the problem, right? It seems that people outside the non-Muslims or people outside of the Muslim community have freedom; they have they do whatever, you know, just, just do it, YOLO, these type of slogans, right? Um, you know, live and let live, right? These type of slogans and ideas and philo- these are philosophies, right? Uh, it may seem that it's all, it's it's rosy, it's beautiful, it's amazing, right? Just like the saying, uh, the, the grass is greener on the other side, right? That's not necessarily true though, because once you cross over, na'udhu billah, we don't need to cross over, right? Because we have the prophets statements, we have the Qur'an, we have the Prophets of Allah before, which confirm this, right? That it's not as it seems at first glance, right? So what is the dunya? A lot of times we run into troubles because we're not understanding where we are. Like if you go to a country as a tourist, or you're as a visitor, and you're not uh, acquainted with the laws and rules and customs even of that country, you can face, you know, severe consequences, jail time um, you know in certain cases death right if if they have a death penalty or at least if you're not acquainted with the norms and customs of that country you may face embarrassment at a restaurant or in a social gathering right whereas if you go to a country you go to a place where you're acquainted with the laws the customs and norms then you're kind of safe from that type of consequence right Uh, so similarly when we come into this dunya. We need to know the nature of this dunya. We need to know what the what, what the dunya is, who I am, right? So when the tourist understands he or she is a tourist and that they are now bound by the rules uh, of the visa or um, or other types of laws that, that the, the country they're visiting uh, espouses or, or follows, then they're, you're safe, right? Um, you don't get into unwanted trouble. You have a good time, of course, under, assuming it's a halal vacation. You have a good time, you enjoy yourself, and you return. Uh, you return home without incident. Whereas a person who goes to a place unknowingly or does not abide by those rules, then they're setting themselves up for failure and trouble, and in some t- cases humiliation, in other cases deep, uh, and dire, rather uh, legal consequences. Right. So we have to understand that when we under- when, when we come to this dunya. This dunya, we, we need, we must, it is absolutely essential that we understand this dunya. And we understand why we're coming here, and where we're going afterwards, and who we are, right? When we put all this into perspective, then we're going to be <clears throat> safe from trouble and any type of, you know, um, unpleasant occurrences or consequences, right? So this is what the hadith is telling us. The hadith just like other ayat and other hadith, is talking to us about the reality of this dunya, that what this dunya is. It may seem that the Qur'an tells us both that the dunya see, is جَعَلْنَا uh, زِينَةً uh, The Qur'an tells in Surah Al-Kahf, a surah we should be reciting on a weekly basis, that this dunya has been made with zina and beauty and to made to, made to attract. dunya <coughs> حُلْوَةٌ the hadith of Muslim states, just like this hadith of, that we're talking about today is in Muslim and Tirmidhi and Ahmad and others. It's a very authentic hadith, uh, just like the Prophet says, this dunya is green and sweet, right? So in- indicating that there is an attractiveness, but this is part of the test. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is telling us what this dunya is about, what the reality of this world is, what is it for the believer? So there are two places, right? Ultimately, we fall into two categories. Ultimately, we all as human beings fall into two categories. We, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us and some of us, some will be believers, mu'min. again, those who will secure themselves in this dunya and the from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his punishment. From aman, who have Asylum, who, who are protected, right? And the other group will be those who reject. Okay, So there are two categories. Based on those two categories, the Prophet ﷺ says, based on what you believe now is what will determine how your worldly life is going to be. So for those who have committed to Iman and Islam, who have committed to the Quran, who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ultimately, they will have certain expectations. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and the Rasul of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will have certain expectations from us during our stay on earth. There are going to be do's and don'ts, right? We cannot expect that this world is just a free-for-all, just a game. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that, uh, does man think that he or she will be left alone just like that without any consequences, no no expectations? other ayat Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, that we did not وَمَا خَلَقْنَا السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ, وَالْأَرْضِ, وَالْأَرْضَ وَمَا بَاطِلًا. Allah Subhan says That we did not create this heaven and the earth In vain, without any purpose, aimlessly That is the misperception And that is the, that, that is the idea and the belief Of those who disbelieve and reject it right? That's not what it is about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Does not create things out of vain and without purpose Every single thing has a purpose in life now, take the example of entertainment and games, right? Um, we all understand, and, and uh, living in the West, especially in youth, uh, who, who I understand will probably be listening to this, and there's sports and organized sports. It's very popular, competitive sports. Now, imagine a sport which has no goal, no, obje- no objective. It may seem uh, exciting at first that you can run around and just burn all your energy, but after two minutes, even kids, when, when you, you know, maybe kids can get, get get by it, but generally speaking, if you just have a, a supposed game where there's no rules there's no no there are no teams there are no fouls no penalties uh, no consequences no points and no goal it doesn't go very far right look at the most popular sports look at what we as 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 muslims even play we engage in these sports because it's an objective there's some type of goal behind it in fact some of the most popularly watched sporting events are those that have goals, like the, the, what do you call it? The World Cup, the Super Bowl, right? Things like that. Um, so not, not that you should watch this, uh, it's not what I'm saying, but the point is that even just watching it, viewing is, is somewhat, you know, exciting because there's a purpose imagine you're just watching people running around in a circle. It just doesn't go very far, right? So Im- imagine a sport that didn't have any consequences or rules, right? that it The rules, arguably, the rules are what make that much more fun it gives it gives it a direction it gives you some type of something to play for right because you know that there's there's the targhib and tarhib there's a uh, there's a carrot in the stick that okay if if you get these many points or you get the points you'll advance to the next round you'll go to the finals you will get this and that's money and all these that are involved right uh, otherwise you'll get red cards you'll get you'll, you'll get penalties you'll get you know uh you know you'll get a flag right so all these things are very important Now the reason i'm using these examples of sports not to of course i mean where are sports and where is reality, but it helps us to understand this the idea the Prophet doesn't even compared this worldly life to prison. It's so that the Sahaba can understand, right? So, this world, similarly, there are rules and regulations. The reality of this world is that there are going to be expectations, there are going to be certain rules and certain regulations that, that we have to abide by. And this, in, in, it is in this sense the Prophet is saying, الدنيا سجن Mu'min. The dunya is like a prison for the believer. In the sense that we have restrictions, just like in prison, may Allah protect all of us, anyone who goes to prison, their liberties are restricted. Their movement is restricted. They are now in in a regimen, right? So similarly, Rasulullah, and this is for our own good, right, that there are certain expectations. You have to pray Fajr, Zuhar, Asr, Maghrib, you have to make wudu, you have to stay clean, you have to avoid certain foods, certain drinks, certain behaviors, right? At first it may seem like a buzzkill or it's boring or whatever you want to call it, but ultimately it is for our own good. Right? Those restrictions that are in place are what is going to make our worldly life much more meaningful and ultimately and most importantly is that it, it gives us the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Jannah, which is eternal. On the other hand, the one who dis, disbelieves and rejects revelation and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's teachings. What happens to that person? Because they don't believe in the same we believe in, so there is no there are no restrictions for them. It's they can do whatever they want. Right? They're impulsive, right? YOLO, right? Just do it, right? These type of things are that's that's what people live by. When you want to eat something, they eat anything, it doesn't matter what it is, where it comes from, you know, if they have the money, they can buy it. Bismillah. I mean not bismillah, but they just eat it, right? um you know any behavior any 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 type of entertainment there are no questions asked just go ahead and do it and like i said earlier it may seem like they're you know they're having fun but even they will begin to see the concept they begin to pay the price for that in the dunya right so this hadith is a very beautiful hadith that tells us you know how we should live in this dunya and it's not to say that it's supposed to be you know grim and dark and gloomy right and boring right there, so one, there, there are two ways you can go about this hadith and we'll conclude with this inshallah. Number one is that, um, yes, if we look at the, the expectations and the awamir and nawahi, which are the do's and don'ts of Islam, yes, we see the restrictions and we have a code to live according to. right? Um, so in that sense, yeah, whereas the kafir doesn't have that, doesn't, doesn't believe in that, so they can just do whatever they want. right? So in, from that sense, it makes sense. Okay, There are restrictions and we have accepted the restrictions for a greater reward, which is in the afterlife. Instead of those who have rejected that and have chosen a immediate reward and immediate gratification at the expense of long-term peace and long-term enjoyment, okay? Um, So that's one aspect of the hadith. The second aspect could be, because some people take this hadith and say, how could this hadith be authentic? And now Billah, the hadith is, is very authentic. It's in Mus Muslim, Muslim. It's reported by Imam Ahmad in his in Musnad, by Imam Tilmid in his Jamir, Imam Ibn Majah in his Sunan, and so many others, right? And there's a, absolutely no question from a Isnad perspective, from the chain of transmission perspective, or even from the matan or the wording of the hadith. So people try to challenge the wording of the hadith and try to create confusion that how is this possible? Right? So, some Muslims are are living the life, they're r- righteous. Wealthy, righteous Muslims who are living the life, whereas there are other non-believers who rejected, who kind of rejected Islam and and Wahi, but they're living the worst, the worst life. So it seems like the Muslims have some Muslims have Jannah here, and 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 kafirs have you know and disbelievers have instead of Jannah, they they also have a Sijin on earth, right? So I hope you understand the question, and some of you have this question that how does this occur? And this question actually. Uh, was posed to Hafidh ibn Hajr, who was a very famous scholar, the author of one of the most celebrated and comprehensive and, um, you know, voluminous uh, and important con- commentaries to Sahih al-Bukhari, Hafidh ibn Hajr al-Asqalani, who was a qadi al-Qudha as well, a qadi. And uh, one day in Egypt, <clears throat> he was going to uh, the Darul al where he would sit as a judge, and he had his entourage and people were there, his khuddam and other others, who, his staff were p- perhaps with him. He was on his conveyance. He's passing through the bazaar, and he passes by a Jewish man who was in the marketplace toiling away, and he he was a Zayat, so he was selling oils and things like that. And his his garments were soiled, and he looked in in a in a, diff- in a, in a in, you know um, in a tough s- circumstance situation. Right? He was tired, disheveled, right? And he looked at Havd ibn Hajr and he posed a question to him, and he says. Hey, 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 oh, oh Shaykh al Islam. ya yeah, Shaykh al Islam. This was the title given to the sheikh uh, to, to uh, the, the ma- major scholars in the Muslim world, Shaykh al Islam. Ya yeah, Shaykh al Islam. He says, you know, doesn't your Prophet say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that this world is the believer's uh, prison and the disbeliever's paradise? But look here, look at you. You're in such a beautiful, luxurious type of, you know, you're, you're, you're living the life. And look at me here. I, I, I'm not a Muslim, I'm a kafir, according to your tr- religion. But look at my life, this is no, you call this a Jannah? So this was his his type of objection. to Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar, rahmatullahi alayhi. So al ibn Hajar says, absolutely, the Prophet told the truth. He says, in my circumstances, relative to what I am going to receive in Jannah, inshallah, if I die as a Muslim, if I die as a Muslim, what I'm gonna receive in Jannah, what I have now is like a prison. It pales in comparison. And yes, my, my friend, what you are, if you die, Without Islam and Iman. If you die in this current state of yours, what you what is waiting for you, what's in store for you, is so so relative to what's in store for you, what you're enjoying now is absolutely it's paradise for you. Because what's going to come for you if you don't make tawbah, if you don't turn to Allah and turn to Islam, then you're in for some major trouble. And subhanAllah, that's all it took. And this Jewish man says, Ashadu Allah ilaha illallah, he became Muslim. This is related by uh, Havd al-Munawi and Faih qadir So, uh, this is a beautiful hadith. I hope this was clear. Um, just to our brothers and sisters, inshaAllah, yes, there are some expectations, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahim. He's Rahmanul Rahim. He's, he's Aziz al-Hakim. Mm-hmm. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to do is for our own good and our own benefit. And whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us to stay away from or has made forbidden upon us is for our own benefit and if we can submit to that and just get that inshallah and kind of internalize that subhanallah our days and our lives will so much more better inshallah that whenever you face difficulty or there's some type of upset or some type of uh disadvantage that you're facing or whatever it may be trials of life then you have hope inshallah that this is the nature of this world this nature the world the nature of this world is like a sijin. it's like prison right where You know, I'll be here for some time and ultimately I'll be freed from this. Right? And, you know, inshallah, what awaits me in Jannah, what awaits me in the Akhirah is going to be as the hadith Quddasis Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. And we all need to really internalize this hadith. That the Prophet says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I have prepared for my righteous servants in the afterlife in Jannah. Such a place, such pleasures where no one has seen, no eye has ever you know uh seen. Nor has anyone or any ear has heard of such a beautiful place. And no one has even ever imagined such a place, right? So this is the Jannah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah forgive us for our shortcomings, Allah grant us mercy and hidayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, enable us to realize and and realize what this world is about what this life is about and that the pleasure is going to be in the afterlife the you know you can kick back and relax in the afterlife right now it's time to work just like a person who's uh, on call on the job they know that okay for the next eight or 12 hours i i'm on duty i'm gonna i have certain expectations or restrictions but once once the weekend comes or once you know the day is over i'm done right these restrictions are over this is what this dunya is like, and believe me, comparing to what eternity is, right, and what this worldly life is in comparison, it's nothing, right. And like Muhammad Ali, rahmatullah, would say that you know what eternity is. This famous video that went around. He'd say that if you if you could take the Sahara Desert or one of the deserts, right, with so much, like so many, so much sand or so many, you know, tons and tons and tons. I'm not sure that's a, even a, a right measure, but if you just take, you know, one grain of sand, that's that's this world and everything else in that vast you know uh, tundra the vast desert is what the afterlife is it's it's infinite endless so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to understand this and that mm-hmm. when we're here let us make the most of our time and if we fal- falter we make a mistake then we immediately turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafur raheem, and we, we pick ourselves up and 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 pray again and keep doing keep going inshallah we hope this was beneficial Jazakumullah khairan to our uh, lovely brothers at uh, Burhan Institute. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you success. and May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make you a means for the hidayah of, of, of our youth and our generations to come inshaAllah. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik. Nashhada wa la ilaha illa ant. Nastaaghfirukallahum wa natubu ilayk. Wa sallallahu ala nabiya al-kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: يا صلِّ وسلم دائما أبدا على